Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast. It's volume eight, issue 355. And this time we're going to talk about Street Fighter 4 and its many spin offs, sequels, follow ups, editions, whatever you want to call it. You know the drill. We've done uh, previous Street Fighters and we try to wrap in the whole of the particular, the numbered canon. Uh, in one show you can play along with our next few podcasts i've been away but i'm back for several of these should have been all of them but i've had to drop from one never mind uh near automata is next up following that we continue our final fantasy opus with eight after that captain toad treasure tracker you can play that on 3ds you can play it on wii u you can play it on switch and join in super ghouls and ghosts after that the super famicom super nintendo game and then a relatively recent game also i think it was it was out almost identical same uh, same time as near automata wasn't it, it was uh, legend of zelda breath of the wild catching up with the zelda series i guess we're reviewing that one when it's newer than any of the other zelda games that we covered in our two year uh, journey through that uh, franchise but uh, hopefully enough times passed for the both the hype train and the backlash train if that is a train to have died down anyway the full schedule can now be found at canorince.com and you can get the show a week earlier and often extended compared to non-subscribers for just $1 or 76 pence or 0.87 euro per month at patreon.com slash Join us and support us and we'll be very grateful. We also have a PayPal button on the homepage if you just want to flip a coin into our hat for no gain other than personal satisfaction. We now have three other podcasts. We are effectively a little network of our own. Wednesdays, you get Sound of Play. That's a lot of fun. Video games, music. Thursdays, you get Playwright with Ryan and Ryan, in which they fashion new games from ideas, pitches and concepts. It's a really good show. It's been going a while and we've inherited it. So that's good. Another one that has been going a good while and we've also recently inherited is The Sausage Factory. That comes out on Fridays. And in it, Chris O'Regan talks to developers, the people who make a lot of the very cool independent games that are coming out almost on a daily, weekly basis at this time. Subscribe, review and rate to all of those podcasts, wherever you can, Apple or whatever platform. And follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Thank you. Joining me, Leon Cox, then in issue 355 are Street Fighting Man, James Carter. Topping the season eight leaderboard. Right. Uh, Mikhail Crowder. I don't care what the critics say. Violence is a beautiful thing. <laughs> I, don't re- I don't remember him being that sort of uh, intoxicated. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do the voice properly, but I, so, gave, so, I gave him my best shot. That's, that's, yeah, it sounded like the the um, the Dutch cafe version of, uh, of the Street Fighter announcer. And uh, we also have with us a guest uh, for the first time. Here comes a new challenger and all that. Uh, you, Johannes, Nichelle, welcome to Kane Rinse. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm not going to do a character impersonation. I don't want to get fired okay. uh, immediately. So, <laughs> Street Fighter 4, then. The first main game in the legendary fighting series since the release of Street Fighter 3 in 1997. So it was pretty much 11 years between the start of the Street Fighter 3 and the start of the Street Fighter 4 era. Uh, the developer, interesting one, this, so all the previous games had been developed internally by Capcom, but here Capcom roped in the developer Dimps, 
who had up to this point really been known for mainly for Sonic the Hedgehog games on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, they did the programming for Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, also on the GBA. Uh, they made Sonic 4, which was not greeted with an enormous amount of joy, uh, which was the two-episode Xbox Live Arcade and downloadable service game. And they'd also made a lot of Dragon Ball games, none of which I'm familiar with. Uh, so Capcom obviously were the producers, uh, publishers. Before producer Yoshinori Ono pitched the idea to former Capcom R&D head Keiji Inafune, the prevailing attitude around Capcom was that a new numeric entry to the Street Fighter series would not be made. Initially, there was much resistance to Ono's pitch for a new Street Fighter game so many years after the original. The gap from 2000 to 2008 since Street Fighter EX3, the latest Street Fighter game at that point, uh, that was on the PS2, right, uh, and arcades, represented the longest time the series had gone without a full-blown sequel. However, in light of fan demand, plus the positive reception to Street Fighter 2 hyperfighting on Xbox Live Arcade, Inafune eventually allowed the project to begin. That's according to the Wikia. So yeah, we can kind of thank the early days of XBLA and the uh, £3 or, yeah, I think it was like 400 Microsoft point port of Street Fighter 2 for kind of re revitalizing the the appetite for the in the market and and within the the publisher which is kind of crazy really what about uh, hd remix uh, did that also come up it came up three years later uh so hd remix yeah it's a good point was um actually came out around the same time as street fighter 4 at the arcades so it was almost simultaneous but i yeah. i think yeah it probably um it probably helped capcom realize the fact that there was still a, a fairly decent appetite in the consumer market, the home market, for getting the Street Fighter 4 game home, although I, I suspect that it was always in their plans anyway. Yeah. yeah. So the original concept was actually titled Street Fighter 4 Flashback, a single-player mode with a third-person 3D action that focused on Ryu. Uh, never made it past the proposal stage, though. Flash Flashback would likewise feature 2.5D gameplay and a roster made up of classic Street Fighter 2 characters, plus Sakura and a few new characters. A uh, flashback proposed easy control system was later used in Tatsunoku vs. Capcom, uh, a cult favourite of ours, uh, minus its titular flashback gameplay feature. The director is actually Takashi Tsukamoto, uh, whereas it, this is one of those games where the producer is the guy who uh, kind of takes the spotlight, does all the social media, goes around the world with his little... Uh, little blanker, um, works himself into a state of nervous exhaustion in the not-too-distant <laughs> past. Um, he was actually sound manager and sound producer on Street Fighter Alpha 3 and Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. So he was a sound guy, basically, before he was a producer. Uh, got pr promoted to assistant producer for Onimusha 3. And his first fighting game production was Capcom Fighting Jam. So there you go. Uh, designer Hiratoshi Shizaki... Uh, some other names that you may or may not know. One of the lead programmers, uh, Ryosuke Nakano, artist Daigo Ikeno. Uh, the composer, a main composer, is Sidiyuki Fukusawa, who had previously worked on Unamusha 2. And the game arrived in the arcades in Japan and soon after spread further around the world, July 2008. The reason we're doing this show now, though, is to coincide with, frighteningly, the 10th anniversary of the home release the 360 and PS3 versions, February 2009, uh, between the 12th and the 20th, depending on your region. Uh, compared to the arcade version, the home version offered that online multiplayer, some new characters, Japanese and English voice acting, 
animated intros, more of which later, and endings for all characters, the bonus stages, uh, a new intro, challenge mode, and DLC, of course. Magical Isopod from the forum says, I worked launch day for the original Street Fighter 4, and we actually wound up selling out of copies. Very few of those were pre-orders. Most of the customers were 20 and 30-somethings who had nostalgia for Street Fighter 2. A few of them even commented they didn't know a Street Fighter 3 was even released. PC version arrived in July 2009. There's an iOS version with various incarnations starting in March 2010. Uh, it started with a, a lower roster, a smaller number of characters, as you expect. It's also got a weird iOS kind of control mechanism, I believe. Probably some kind of digital on-screen stuff, tapping and thumbprints and getting your hands in the way. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Street Fighter 4 Vault Battle Protocol was the first update. And then Street Fighter 4 Champion Edition, which is quite a nice throwback, added some more stuff. And that was still, uh, that was as recent as July 6, 2017. So that iOS Street Fighter 4 had some legs, seven years. Uh, did anyone get involved in... Uh, yeah. Mobile Street Fighter 4. <laughs> I, I yeah? actually played a lot uh, with friends um, while we were... Any good? Not really, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was a competent port for what it was trying to do. Mm. Um, Technically, yeah. Yeah, it, it, uh, it kind of had pre-rendered sprites for the characters, uh, which was oh, interesting. Right. I mean, the iOS uh, systems at the, the, the iPhones didn't have that much uh, like GPU power at the time, right? So they no. went this way. So it looked a bit like Donkey Kong Country in a funny way. So that, that was kind of cool to see. And yeah. amazingly enough, it didn't really have many shortcuts as far as the controls go. I remember doing like um, Akuma's Trials and you had to do the, the whole thing. Like Shoryuken, hold, there was a dedicated focus attack button, but you had to hold it, right. then actually dash, uh, then do the, the half circle backwards uh, for the uh, Shakunetsu Doken. So... Yeah, that was it. Was pretty interesting. <laughs> it was pretty serious, and we we played it. Yeah. We played it um, at tournaments when there wow. were when there were no free stations uh, to be had. Hmm. But that was only like for one or two years, and then everybody got sick of it. So. Mm. Well, we're going to talk about the game kind of holistically and and talk about variations as we go on. But uh, Super Street Fighter Four is April two thousand and ten. The 3DS 3D edition arrived in February to March two thousand and eleven. Again, I would say, um, given the tech specs of that machine, a, a mighty impressive feat of actually cramming Super Street Fighter Four onto a little 3DS car. I've I've played that version and it is is surprisingly accurate. I would say uh, maybe it's not the version I'd want to spend loads of time on, but. <laughs> they they use the interesting shortcut to basically make the backgrounds flat. Yes. So yeah. they could just, you know, fully focus on the the three models on the character. Yeah. That also added arcade edition added team battle endless mode bonus uh, stages in the arcade machine. Uh, I guess we already had them at home, which has caused me confusion. Uh, a reworked tournament via free DLC, uh, and you can now switch as per Street Fighter Three Third Strike between two kind of ultra combos. Uh, the arcade edition followed that. And this is when people started to uh, think that Capcom were maybe taking a mick with uh, minor upgrades or as they perceived it. This was December 2010 to January 2011. Added Yun and Yang and Evil Ryu and Oni. Uh, perhaps more significantly to the community and the serious players was the version 2012 and 2014 versions of the arcade edition. Um, I think this was 
basically unknown if you were a, a random casual punter, but if you were into it, this was a huge deal because uh, it was a, a substantial balance patch uh, released for all versions on December 13th, 2011, and the Windows patch uh, February 2012. Uh, there was also this version 2014, which um, basically built out the Games for Windows Live um, stuff out of the uh, out of the PC game, um, and caused some technical confusions of some kind. Yeah, what well, I remember being very excited, even though I'm not a player that's good enough to understand the uh, the real subtle balance differences. But I remember there was quite a buzz that I, I was picking up about version 2012 in particular i think mikhil you said it's probably still your favorite version in some ways yeah probably the interesting thing about the original arcade edition was that this whole sort of balancing philosophy around it where yoshinori ono basically in interviews stated that he um intentionally threw the balance off whack between a lot of characters because he mm. wanted to create narratives of underdog characters and underpowered characters taking down yeah. overpowered characters so right. yeah so so 2012 was basically a massive rectification of the uh yeah the the big uh, b uh gaps in balance uh, in based on the feedback. original arcade edition yeah and and data, interestingly uh, enough yeah. it, it kind of worked right like everybody yeah. everybody hated it uh, at the time <laughs> at least um, yeah. the serious players but like if you think back to evo where where punko defeated uh, daigo who was using yon when yon was really overpowered that was so hype everybody was loving that mm. uh, yeah but yeah um, mm. everybody was glad afterwards that they kind of caved in and went back to to a more more balanced evenly uh, balanced game. roster yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it's interesting though isn't it where you've got say one or two characters that were dominating uh com competitively never to the degree that third strike was or anything like that but you know yun for example being so strong but then there's this one kind of achilles heel character <laughs> amongst that that may not do so well in other matchups but just happens to do really well in this one that's an interesting way to look at balance but um yeah it's not just, uh, so this is kind of a, the first time, I guess, a balance patch was done outside of a new, like a, a whole new iteration of, of the game, but it, it they actually specifically mentioned some characters, and it wasn't just there were balance uh, notes like you get now, where it's changing the number of frames, it's changing, you know, um, hitbox and hurtbox and that sort of stuff. They actually took uh, and specifically listed uh Gukan, uh, Yun, Yang, Evil Ryu, Feilong, and Hakan, and completely overhauled some of the stuff they did, the way moves worked, properties, that sort of stuff. Mm. Hakan, specifically, I seem to remember, changed massively uh, with yeah. this yeah. version of the game. So this but was more like a, uh, a, yeah, like a previously would have been a champion edition or a in in itself. So, but I yeah, guess they just yeah. felt that they'd over, perhaps they'd already overmarketed the different editions and <laughs> yeah. Super and then Arcade Edition yeah. had already got some criticism from the market. And also there was no content to go along with it, right? So they probably yeah, would have got yeah, quite, sure. quite a lot of flack if they, they tried to release it that way. They charged for yeah, it, yeah, you need absolutely. to at least have a bunch of new characters, don't you? Something, Otherwise, yeah. And stages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, I'm interested. We, we will talk more about this, but I'm curious, uh, as somebody who is aware of the scene, but isn't, I'm not re invested in it or part of it, uh, I'm just somebody who has been playing these games since they came out and I still really enjoy them. And I do like playing, sometimes p 
pitting my wits against a better player such as Johannes. Um, but generally, I'm outside of the of the scene. I don't watch the tournaments like uh, like you guys do or anything. But it does seem to me in going back, looking at forums about Street Fighter Four in in building up to this show. Now, I think this is just true of every game, every franchise, every genre. People get attached to the version that they're the most attached to. You see it with Smash, you see it with Call of Duty, you see it with FIFA. The new one's always terrible because the last one had this, but the last one was terrible when the previous one had come out and so on. And people get stuck on a particular sort of version or time. And of course, you know, you see ridiculous things like people saying, uh, you know, I'm going back on forums like 10 years and people are saying, this is rubbish compared to Third Strike, but of course Third Strike was notoriously unbalanced and it took them umpteen iterations of Street Fighter 3 to make a version that people enjoyed, even though it was still wildly unbalanced and whatever. Um, but it, I was curious to see, because I remember the press for this game as a somebody who just read reviews and, and wanted an, a new Street Fighter at home, the, the reviews were fantastic, you know, 93% average. But some of these old forum comments and and, and whatever else were like, you know, this is awful, this is terrible, this is the worst Street Fighter game ever, all that kind of thing. And and I know you only get a a view on what you get a view on kind of thing, but I'm curious as to what you know, where where does the truth lie? How did the how did the community ultimately see Street Fighter Four? I think I think ultimately uh it's perceived as a very good game and Yeah. The the legacy is definitely there and uh if you if you check out some of the the forums and Facebook groups and whatnot, there's still there's still people playing this game, as there are of course yeah. people playing Third Strike um, to this day. Yep. Absolutely. And you're you're of course right that people get attached to the game that you know they played the most and they they got the best at and all that. But I think with Street Fighter Four especially, it was the case that almost every version was also considered to be better than the the previous version, like. Not necessarily Ultra is the best that there is, but it's probably the most balanced. And, you know, uh, version 2012 was better than Arcade Edition. Arcade Edition was better than Super. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty cool thing to see. And, well, it, it's happening again now with 5, obviously. Yep. That's the, the worst Street Fighter yep. game that has ever been released. Of course it is. <laughs> I, I wonder if, you know, I'm just... Uh, not capable of seeing it for what it is because I've played four so much. Mm -hmm. um, mm. I'm not sure, you know. But ultimately, this game is just beloved in the in the community. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that any of those hardliners are still out there that you know in the beginning said that this game is crap compared to to Third Strike. I, th I think I, th I think away. the 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 real Third Strike diehards are pro will probably never really like Street Fighter Four. Uh, mm. But I think, yeah, in in broad and general terms, this this game has yeah. uh, gone down well in history. Uh, but when it came out, let's not forget about that. There were certain, there were, were some very controversial things about this. Oh, yeah, absolutely, sure. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about we'll, get, we'll talk about the aesthetics, yeah. of course. Yeah, the aesthetics, yeah. but also some yeah. of the mechanics were quite controversial. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Ryan Hart said after the release of 2012, uh, former guest, friend of the show, we can say, Ryan Hart, although I think a number of core issues are still in the game, I believe that Street Fighter 4 series has improved over time. Arcade Edition version 2012 is the best version to date due to the buffs and nerfs from previous versions. Now the game presents a more balanced lineup throughout, offering users the chance for competitive gameplay with just about any character. 
Seth Killian, Capcom's former senior manager, uh, and I believe the boss is named after him. Yeah, yes. uh, s- s- yeah. Stated once that Street Super Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition uh, that would be the last iteration of Street Fighter Four. Despite this, a new iteration, Ultra Street Fighter Four, was announced. I think after uh, Killian had moved on, Ultra Street Fighter Four then came out arcade 2014 in April. Also arrived uh, as a digital DLC expansion to your existing game on 360 and PS3 in June 2014 and in August on PC. And then it got its own disc version in August also on 360 and PS3. And the other Ocean ported PS4 version arrived as a download on May 2015. Uh, Started as a bit of a mess, but ultimately they, after about five or six updates they managed to get it uh, to the point that it is now perfectly viable version Uh, ultra added the ultra combo double red focus delayed standing and the addition select allowing you to play different versions of the characters online so our histories with the game well johannes why are you here Uh, this is your first show but in particular mikhil targeted you for this one so you must have something of a relationship to street fighter 4 oh yeah for sure this game so i'm i'm gonna try to to keep it short but this is probably the game that i played the most in my life and uh, when mikhil told me that uh, it's going to be part of the show i i asked him to uh, ask you guys to let me join so here i am Mm. um I played, oh, I played this game in 08, so I'm not an 09er, one of those dirty 09ers. <laughs> um, I, I first played it in Japan in an, in an arcade where I, I happened to go, and uh, out of nowhere there was this new Street Fighter game, so I tried it out. I sucked at it. I, I mean, I had l- liked Street Fighter all my life, but never really gotten into it. So it was fun to, to mess around with, um, but I, I didn't really get into it at the time. It was a slow burn. And then I got back to to Germany um, and I started an internship at Nintendo where uh, I met Michiel. So that was uh, 11 years ago now. And yeah. working up to the towards the release of Street Fighter 4, we played some uh, Street Fighter 2 on the Wii Virtual Console and then we played some, some HD Remix. And the, the hype got got stronger for for four right there, there were some some great yeah. articles i remember there was this series on on the structoid uh called uh, the faces of pain uh, if you if you search for it it's uh, the articles are still there where they were just gushing about the the quality of the the reactions in the in the fighters faces which is mm. to this day really well done right you you can mm. really see those those hits not not just the abstract sparks and and hit effects that you usually have but you could really see it on the characters i think that was a first for the series like mm. i'm not f- too familiar with the ex series but i don't think it had that right it was not high fidelity no. enough well they had some kind of cartoony frames okay, in, yeah. in the originals yeah. but yeah yeah, yeah. and they, they had the, the the blood vomiting and all that stuff right. and everything. yeah but right. this was like actual facial animation yeah yeah uh, especially in 3D combined, as, as opposed to to frames yeah. yeah especially combined with like slow motion effects and it was really great right? yeah and then the game came yeah. out um we we played it in at nintendo's uh, office in, in frankfurt and got uh, yelled at uh, by our boss for playing uh, xbox game <laughs> 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 so that that was really fun and um yeah. <laughs> By the time that Super came out, I, I found some more friends uh, back where, where I was living, um, and we got more into the game and got more serious about it. And then, you know, we started playing online. 
met some some really strong players there that totally wiped the floor with us. It was ridiculous. Uh, mm. But that only, you know, made the game more intriguing for us. And we wanted to, of course, we thought that, you know, with a couple of months of training, we could beat those guys. Haven't beaten them to this day, but uh, you know how it goes. And uh, yeah, then Super came along and Arcade Edition. And I got more into, into playing at tournaments and playing in uh, arcades. I spent a lot of uh, time in Japan over over that uh, that time span. Maybe I don't know three four years, mm. and I played a lot there. In the by then, I knew where the famous players would be, right? So I went to those arcades specifically to to play against the the quote unquote stars. I mean, it's a it's a fairly small community, right? It's a niche of a niche of a niche, but when you get into it then you know those players right i mean most people that are, that know competitive gaming have heard names like like daigo and tokido and mm. playing against those guys while it's horrible it's also really really great <laughs> An education it's, it's, it, yeah it's yeah. educational yeah. yeah but it's also just really fun right and i yeah. i met some great people uh, over the years um online and off and uh I, I could tell anecdotes about the game for for hours. Uh, maybe I can tell one later uh, if it fits somewhere. I'm sure you can crowbar a few in. Here yeah, and yeah, there. we'd love to. Hear. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I sometimes yeah. uh, introduce Johannes as the the guy who took one round off of Mago. <laughs> I did, but that that was that was in the that was in the very beginning, right? Like over the yeah. years, I I have won matches against those guys. Like I'm I'm not a not a super good player. I guess I'm like an average tournament player or something like that so you know i've made it out of pools in tournaments uh, but i've also lost uh all my matches and went home completely crushed and all that but <laughs> yeah i've i've played this game so much and all the iterations for so much bought all the sticks mm. uh, i i have the game on everything on on pc on multiple 360s on ps3 on ps4 um yep. I just it's the it's the best Street Fighter game. And uh <laughs> when you when you find people that, that share that passion, it's amazing. Like you can spend so much time training and then losing against the same people over and over. It's yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I've played you online. I know how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh Mikhail, do you remember this coming out? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, just uh, um, Johannes already told part of, of my story with the game as well, because yeah, me, him and another guy, the three of us were playing, leading up to the release, we we're playing a lot of um, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, the SNES version on the Wii Virtual Console in the lounge in, at Nintendo of Europe. And it was very funny because I started out, I, I've got Street Fighter 2 Turbo mus, mus, uh, mapped to my muscle memory, basically. And uh, with my Zang Zangief, I'm on cruise control. I know all the spacing. I know how to get into get in with people and how to smash them around. And you know, I made I made some people really uh, surprised with that game. Um, and just to see, because some of the more casual players among the the, the staff there. They always thought that Zangief was a terrible character on, until mm. they played me. So I was playing against Johannes and uh, this this other mutual friend of ours. And um, at first, we sort of went through three phases where at first I was wiping the floor with both of them. 
then they started matching up to me and then all of a sudden they started overtaking me and started wiping the floor with me you know in the span of a couple of months and i was just reminded like how great is street fighter because i hadn't played it uh very very much up until that point you know it was basically missing out of my gaming curriculum for uh for a long time and just how great it is that johannes i remember at one point picked uh, blanca and he had this really stupid nasty combo where he would jump in with a um i think it was a, a low uh an lp you know a low punch and immediately comboed into electricity after that and i couldn't figure out for the life of me how to deal with that for years that I, that you know, for a game that I've had played so many years and completely mapped to muscle memory. And I just reminded, like, he forced me to completely rethink my game plan that I sort of, you know, that I was sort of coasting on. And I was just, re- yeah, I was reminded how great is this game that after so many years, you can sort of, you are forced to rethink it again and, and play differently. Mm. So that all led up to the release of uh, of Street Fighter Four. I remember because my daughter was just only a couple of months old at that time. I was kind of bummed out uh, because, uh, you know, we were pl- playing that one time that Johanna spoke about it. We got yelled at uh, in the lounge <laughs> playing Xbox 360 on the big monitor. And um, I was just kind of bummed out also. Yeah, you know, I, I was looking at my financial priorities. I shouldn't be buying a $60 game now. My daughter is just born, you know. And then all of, uh, one of the... Uh, staff members one of our colleagues uh craig uh scottish guy who was on the on the editorial uh, team he bought the game he had ordered it online and then he told me yeah you know i just ordered street fighter 4 because of the hype but i'm never going to play it i'm never going to try and be good at it so uh, you can have it for just 10 euros so i that was sort of like a fateful set of circumstances for me and i eagerly bit and at the time also my uh, brother-in-law was uh, staying with us for six months along with my uh, parents-in-law to help us out with uh, with the baby and everything and me and him were just on the initially at uh, on the default 360 controllers just get going at it day after day after day uh, and and johannes would sometimes come by and just uh, mop the floor with both of us and just completely crush us and but when when you know we played all the characters in the cast of the original vanilla street fighter 4 but when it came time to when we wanted to get our wins he would he played zangief and i played honda and we were just going at it like for hours on on end uh in the evening time when the baby was asleep <laughs> and uh yeah, yeah. just p- put so many hours in uh, in vanilla street fighter Four at least. Uh, James? I had to actually look up to try and work out the timeline here because I have vivid memories of this game being announced back in October 2007, I think it would have been, Mm. which was just around the time that I um, finished working uh, in the city centre of Birmingham. But I remember vivid memories of walking, listening to One Up podcasts at the time, I think, and Ryan O'Donnell just so excited it was absolutely the definition of infectious excitement um where i did just because i wasn't playing that many games and nothing console related really um around the time of street fighter 3 um it, it did just pass me by not because i had anything against that game um but street fighter 2 was the one that i remembered vividly and had such fond memories for and everything about this game screamed they are trying to reignite street fighter 2 trying to make a game that is a essentially spiritual successor to that more so even than street fighter 3 um 
And so, yeah, it was just a case of infectious uh, excitement for me, uh, just waiting for this game to come. And obviously it wouldn't, from the point of announcement, it wouldn't come out for nearly a year and a half after that uh, in any way that I could really play it. I didn't have uh, arcades around me that would have had Street Fighter 4. And even if I did, you know, me and people don't mix all that well. So, um, so yeah, I, I waited for the, the home release. I picked up uh, Vanilla at uh, at launch and... I. So I'm going to be the person who, as always with fighting games, I say I have a lot of love for them. I never put the time in that I should to get good at them. Um, yeah. And and so I I picked up every version of this. I, I like yeah. the fact that um, Street Fighter 4 dovetailed and kind of grew off of what we're saying about digital um, titles and downloadable games in that I think every update you could just add on a digital purchase onto yes. it rather than buy the full thing again. Yeah. Um, and that's a, a great way to do that. I, I do get the point about every year it felt like a new version coming out that you had to shell out. So another... Maybe you couldn't upgrade to Super from Vanilla? No, no. That was definitely a standalone release. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, after the, but that, then, yeah, yeah, after that, everything, including the up, update to Ultra, you could yes. do that digitally. Um, yeah. And, and that, that was a, a nice way to do that. It, it felt like it was this series moving on. So I was more than happy to pick those up. Yeah. And, and and each new release did kind of reinvigorate me to go back and spend some time with the new characters and see, you know, see what changes have been made. But I'd be lying if I didn't say I watched way more Street Fighter 4 than I, I played. And that's yeah. not to say I didn't play plenty, plenty enough to put myself yeah, yeah. forward for this show. But yes, um, yeah. yeah, in terms of watching uh, Capcom Pro Tour and, and Evo, obviously, uh, yeah, th- this game got me into all of that stuff. So Yeah. What's interesting about the, the sort of legacy of the, the versions is that even on the PS4 version where there's only ever been Ultra Street Fighter 4 is because it, uh, it copied the sort of format across from the pre- its predecessors. Uh, uh, you can actually see wh- with the trophy list that it's divided up into the, the distinct versions. Um, so, yeah, inherited trophies from PS3 uh, incarnation. Um, they, I, I just found out the sales now. I don't know how reliable this is and how which versions this incorporates, but apparently the series... Is uh is on around nine million, which is uh, which is not unhealthy. Um, I bought the three sixty version day one vanilla. Uh, as soon as it was launched, I actually it was a day off work moment. Um, and I remember it clearly because I was hugely excited. There'd been an edge review sometime before uh, a nine out of ten. They seemed to be really in love with it, and uh, I was still buying a lot of fighting games and playing them at this point, albeit in my you know kind of jack of all trades master of none way that i do but uh it was it was it was hugely exciting i've I've been really not very well mental health wise up to this point but i remember that one particular morning street fighter 4 came out it's like it really cut through a lot of the problems i was having because i was just so focused and excited about this particular event that it was actually like a it was like a little oasis in in a what was quite a grim time and actually i suppose in some ways it kind of it did start to uh open things up because i uh, yeah i kind of you know i focused on it and um i was also playing it with the with the hori ex2 and it was actually speaking of uh my former podcast co-host on a different show neil it was actually over a game of street fighter 4 that he kind of gave me my interview to join him on his podcast then gamer dork um and i had this whole internal debate of should i let him win like you do when you play a <laughs> ceo at golf 
Um, but actually, no, I kicked his ass and he still gave me the job. And here I am 10 years later, still podcasting after many, many thousands of uh, hours and uh, hundreds and hundreds of shows. Uh, but yeah, I kept up with it on 360 all the way through every update, every new version, played it tons. I don't know how many hours. Um, my time on these games is never as much as the real uh, kind of um, scene people, but uh, definitely in the, you know, I don't know, 40, 50, 60, 70 hours across multiple versions. No idea, really. Um, play it multiplayer, local when I can, lots of online. Uh, completed it with multiple characters. Uh, and then found, yeah, when I think it was, can't remember if it was the late in the 360 era or early in the Ultra era on PS4, but uh, we had a, a an online lobby among some Kane and Rince community members. And I was, as usual, scrabbling away with ken and and other shota characters and being very mediocre and predictable and falling into the same traps that i've fallen into since i started playing street fighter in the early 90s and then i just sort of on a whim bust out blanca because i just thought i always thought he's fun and um i started on a i think i had a seven eight or nine win streak and i was like oh people don't like playing blanca um and ever, <laughs> no, ever since don't. then although <laughs> although johannes has mostly beaten me i think yeah i think i even maybe troubled johannes in a couple of rounds with blanca so um yeah he's uh he became my kind of main even if i'm not the most comfortable with him in some ways but i can really terrorize opponents so um yeah so i still play it from time to time keep it installed on uh, PC and PS4 a lot of the time and just dive back in now and again um, yeah and it was uh, yeah it was just a it was a it was an exciting time it was a it was just cool as somebody who'd been there in the early 90s to see regular folks picking up the buzz for the genre again because I'd kind of stuck with it whereas it and it felt like most people had kind of drifted away but it felt like people were coming back and I think they did. And I think it's, it's rarefied again. Now it's definitely more of a niche concern again now, but it's bigger than it was. And, uh, and so that's important. Uh, the game is chronologically set between the second and third main series. Street fighter four can actually be considered the third tournament with street fighter five being the fourth and three being the fifth <laughs> canonically the fourth. <laughs> uh, there is a plot. You can look it up. Uh, it's silly <laughs> let's talk about the graphics that's more important uh so this yeah this is i guess this is a, a controversial element because lots of us here especially uh, may, probably it sounds not like johannes so much but certainly for michiel and i the look of the old street fighter games in the 90s was a huge part of the appeal um i absolutely adore the graphics of the zero series in particular but street fighter 3 and its amazing animation and the tech that went into that so it was a it was having played the ex games to an extent and being a little bit uh disappointed by the chunkiness there was a concern but here we were entering into an era where polygons could look more like kind of hand drawn than previously rather than big chunky wedges of of graphic uh, art director and character designer daigo ikeno who previously worked on street fighter 3 third strike also dead rising and devil may cry 3 opted for non-photorealistic rendering to give them this hand-drawn look with visual effects accented in calligraphic strokes, ink smudges, and ink sprays during the fights. And look how so, much better than 5 it looks. <coughs> <laughs> Obviously, this is all a matter of opinion. Um, I think uh, I have really mixed feelings because part of me, I love the look of Street Fighter 4. It's incredibly bright, full of character, 
Uh, like you say, it's got these ridiculous over-the-top animations, this cartoony look. Um, but I do understand when people say it's ugly. Like it does, there is an ugliness to elements of it. The characters and the and the general look of things is not necessarily picturesque. It's quite yeah. brutalist or something. I don't know. Would Would it be fair to say there's a a, a grotesquerie? Not not in the, the specific word, not, yeah. word not brutal, of it. Yeah, there is. Yeah. There's a yeah. very exaggerated look to yes. the the characters in that way. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think. I mean, I I personally feel the overall art, art direction with the ink blotches and the, the painterly effects is great. Uh, and I think some of the characters, character models actually look amazing. But I think it's very hit and miss with the individual characters, the, the way they, they look. Right. For example, yeah. Blanca looks pretty disgusting. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think... Ken and Ryu, when you see them side by side, they look okay during the game. But if you actually look at their character models, they're overly chunky uh, oh, almost. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like they're like squ- square, uh, almost square looking, and hewn out, out of granite. Uh, Guile looks looks pretty pretty ridiculous as well. But then there are characters that like uh, like Adon, for example, in in Super, that I think looks very convincing, also cartoony. Yeah, it's it's very hit and miss. I think it's very um, no, on a case by case basis almost. I think if you if you compare it to to newer games like uh, like Guilty Gear or Dragon Ball Fighters that just perfected that that hand drawn look, even though it's all three D models, mm. or yeah. or if you if you go to to games like I, I know you you love that as well, uh, King of Fighters thirteen, uh, yeah, with its handcrafted hand drawn based on rendering slow, rendering stuff. I mean, of course, that is like better, quote unquote. But I think I th- just think mm-hmm. this is really fitting. Like, also, you know, you see it for the first time, and you think, why? Is, why are those hands that huge? Like, but it's yeah. it's it's yeah. actually in service of the gameplay, right? Because it it accentuates mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, uh, the hitboxes yeah, and hurtboxes, and I think it's fitting for the game, even though it's not the definitely not the most beautiful it, uh, that there yeah, is. Yeah. It's, yeah. Mm. I, yeah. I think to its credit, it's it is distinct. It's a distinctive looking game, and I think this is where for, for me and obviously Johannes as well. I think Five does just lose out in that regard, in that in that it's, it becomes a little more bland. I think King of Fighters mm. fourteen has a similar problem in that they've yeah. they've given that game multiple passes, and it, and it's better looking than it was when it launched, and it and it I think it's a perfectly fine looking game. But compared to the old sprite based SNK games, it's got so little personality. Yeah, it looks um, so much char- character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but Street Fighter four does have personality and character, even if you think it's a bit grotesque, which I I agree. I think it is. Um, yeah it's also kind of amazing like it's yeah. kind of it's kind of hilarious looking yeah but i think the 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 yeah I, I i think they made the right choice because what in effect one of the most eye-catching things about street fighter 4 if you see it the first time and especially if you've seen it the first time around the time when it came out were the ultra uh the big ultra uh combos the, the cinematic combos mm. um and you know the the 3D graphics allowed them to look at the characters and their individual body parts from different angles. Yeah, uh, and, getting close and, on the and faces put... and the eyeballs pop in and all that. Exactly, and I've, uh, some people uh, in the scene sort of derided it as FMV supers. You know, they take mm. all control away from you, but it's not very different from the supers that were in Third Strike, where as soon as you put the input, put the, in, yeah. the the CPU does the rest. Uh, only this time, yeah, there are camera zooms and uh, there's there's 
this camera trickery and camera work around it ex- uh, instead of just There's seeing no it from a 2D side perspective. There's no way this game would have hit as it did with people outside the scene if it had not been polygons. No, like the, exactly. It, it, had, it had to be. It, it would have been to, too yeah, retro. Yeah, sure. it, 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 it was that visual knockout that gave it a much wider appeal than it would have done otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I will say for the, the character art is uh, one stage in particular, I'm pretty sure it's East Asia Overpass, where the characters in the background, particularly the kids that are kind of <laughs> jumping and cheering on, there's oh, such yeah. a stark difference between the detail of the character in the foreground, which, mm. which makes sense. You want the attention focused there. But the yeah. characters in the background really show that. Yeah. yeah. The, the, it was the kind of the same in, in Sprite-land, though, as well, because the, the background yeah. characters tended to have two or three frames of animation, and the foreground oh, characters had In terms had of the animation, yeah, but I never yeah. felt that they looked so yes. starkly yeah. Uh, yeah. less detailed than the, the yeah. Yeah. No, and on, on the subject of the backgrounds, uh, you start off. There's a there's a really uh, a wide selection in the first game, which wasn't yeah. which wasn't always the case. Going back to Street Fighter Alpha One, which had a, a small handful of backgrounds in its first release, this had a, a good number. Um, and yes, I think your your point there, James, about uh, some of the, the the people in the background is is definitely fair. But there was. Um, Although I missed again the sort of the classic pixel art of, of the original backgrounds, there were some good imaginative fun stages here, uh, I felt, and some, you know, environs in which I enjoyed playing. Like I know that the, the scene, the serious players tend to focus on the graph paper of the training stage. But for me, a huge part of the appeal of Street Fighter, as I've said in all of our shows so far, is playing in you know the world warrior aspect the playing in all mm. these exotic locations all around the world and um you know there's some atmospheric ones and some really stupid ones you know so you got morning mist bay and the volcanic rim which i ju- were just they looked really cool 10 years ago the graphics are starting to show their age a little but in on a technical level um but there's also yeah like the hilarious europe historic distillery with its insane uh, view of uh, scotland which uh, <laughs> which uh, replaces uh, england from super street fighter 2 as as the most ridiculous cliched it's also funny um, and, and, com- and <laughs> completely wrong yeah it's it's also funny and a bit sad what happened to the to the stages in the in the tournament scene like uh, the the volcanic yeah. uh, volcanic rim that you just mentioned was just hated mm. like most yeah. most people just restarted their matches uh, if that came up. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, most most important matches started uh, ended up being played on the training stage because uh, exactly. I, yeah. the yeah. other I stages some so quickly if I could. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, I, those those other stages they sometimes dropped frames, or at least that's what yeah. people said. Yeah. You know, nobody was really yeah. sure, but you d- you yeah. didn't want to to run the risk. So yeah, like Evo Finals on the training stage, that was a bummer. And that was also because Evo was playing on PS3. Oh yeah, for a long well, time, it was even which worse. Which was already yeah. a, la- a laggier version. That's yeah. that's yeah. a whole other sure whole that story. Yeah. But that were... made that made the tournaments a lot less interesting to look yes, at yeah. for the more casual yeah, viewers. Yes, there's a real yeah. problem there. I completely understand. Like, obviously, when you watch, say, fencing or judo at the Olympics, they're just in front of a, you know, the crowd and a, and they're on a blue crash mat or whatever. Yeah. And it but makes there's a, at least the crowd there. Yes. <laughs> the the it does make sense that uh, if you're watching high level players, you don't really need. You, you're not really going to be interested in what you know the the guy in the background is choking a chicken or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. For the for the um, hardcore players, it, it didn't matter. But for the yeah. casual audience, yeah. I imagine it would be yeah. a huge yeah. thing. 
Yeah, I think yeah, it's you, you just lose some flourish there. Yeah. 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 No, I I much prefer a situation where training stage doesn't happen in, yes. in tournament play. Oh, it's fine, for, fine sure. for labbing. Yeah, you want the grid lines. You want to know, you know, your spacing, etc. But um, and also there were so there were other issues that where I think it was Europe. Uh, snowy rail yards where mm-hmm. I think it's dark over on the left hand side yeah, and that yeah, yeah. stage with some character colours like Smug was notorious yeah, sorry yeah, second yeah. time I've mentioned him for picking a costume for Dudley that was very dark and actual camouflage could, you actually, yeah he, he reckoned <laughs> it gave him a, a big advantage if that stage yeah, came up and that's he was the, playing the Dudley that character, uh, so, yeah. the, the Smug stage yeah. also uh, yeah, yeah, crazy. Mago uh, a high level Japanese player uh, he preferred that um, that stage that you mentioned earlier with the with the bridge and the kids playing in the background. Oh yeah, the East Asia uh, overpass. He, the overpass. Yeah, yeah. The overpass. Yeah, he he swore that the stage is smaller uh, than all the other stages, even though that has been debunked. But he just kept playing <laughs> yeah. only that that stage and uh, putting people in the corner with that's his why I, I whenever you see like God's Garden yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. thumbnails he's, you he's always o- see that he's stage he's always there. playing yeah. on that stage yeah. <laughs> that's weird it's, it does amaze me that uh, that Capcom still doesn't isn't still all over this when they design new stages though for instance there's been stages that have been released for five where they were yeah, the obviously going to be non-starters in yeah tournament play because they actually disguise animations and things like that yeah so, it's weird but uh, you, you can take them out of rotation uh for the yeah, random select yeah, now yeah, yeah. yeah very briefly on the anime cutscenes, uh there was a quote from a ryan clements review on ign these cutscenes are almost a disgrace to anime as they are so poorly animated and tell you almost nothing about the story or the context of each character's participation in the tournament would anyone like to defend the anime uh, front and end. I don't think. Uh, I wouldn't say anybody po- can. They're, they're, <laughs> no, I, I would say they were poorly animated. They were just barely animated. Hardly animated at all. <laughs> yeah. uh, voice acted. Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> they were. Yeah. As, as far as telling you almost nothing about this. Sorry, reading verbatim. Telling you almost nothing yeah. about the story or the context for each character's participation in the tournament. Welcome to Street Fighter stories. Well, I mean. yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's no different to the. I mean, obviously, they never used to have intros at all in the old arcade games. You just had an ending. So yeah. when 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 I started playing when when we started playing Street Fighter Two back in the early nineties, if you got to the end with a character, you get a little end story, and you'd be mm. like, oh. Right. Okay. There was a story. <laughs> Which, yeah. Uh, between that and translation uh, issues, yeah. th- that led to a lot of like in- interpretation or almost misinformation as to who these mm. characters were, what their motivations were, what was going on, and it was almost a case of yeah, make up your own story for this character to a certain extent. I know there's sort of full histories on the official Street Fighter wiki now, but uh, you know that was kind of not always the case. It was always a sketch of of a, a character motivation, really. It also seems that this is just not Capcom's strong suit. I mean, if you look at Five, no. where they try to yeah uh, implement that proper story, it's not much better, right? Uh, so sound-wise, obviously a huge part of the Street Fighter experience, I think, is uh, is audio. And uh, I think, from my point of view, the the actual uh, the sound effects in this game were just superb. Like the, yeah. the 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 hit connections and the the sort of the overall audio soundscape was just uh, just absolutely bang on. I think for me, um, of course, one of the most probably famous infamous things about the game is when the home version arrived uh the 19 piece japanese boy band was what greeted you exile with their song the next door also known as indestructible featuring 
the rapper Flo Rida, uh, plays. And we were saying before we started recording that I, some of us weren't a fan of this. I was glad when they took it out, when the license ended. But actually, it became so, sort of anthemic, didn't it? And and people were soon nostalgic for it when it wasn't there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like every, every time the, the song plays now, which is really rare, you get it. You yeah. get excited. Excited yeah. if you're a fan of the game, right? Yeah. 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 There was a, was especially one bit in the song that sounded sung so off key that always <laughs> just like went like nails nails on a chalkboard through my ears. Uh, they're still going yeah. exile all these years later. Oh yeah, yeah. they're uh, they're still big apparently. Yeah. Also, another thing we should mention: again, a huge part of the audio soundscape of a Street Fighter game, especially in the sort of I guess post uh, the first one was where it was really shouty was probably Marvel versus Street Fighter, Marvel Superheroes versus Street Fighter, where there was a lot more kind of announcer interaction. Um, this one in particular from Street Fighter 4 Vanilla onwards. Um, the original announcer is a uncredited mystery. Nobody knows who he is. Apparently Capcom did try to find him again, couldn't. And so they recast with uh, Jamieson Price, who's actually credited as Taylor Henry, which is a name under which he does a lot of his anime work. Um, and I know some people still hark back to the original announcer and is slightly more, um, well, yeah, inebriated sounding. <laughs> Light voice, cheesy yeah. sounding. Yeah. yeah, whereas Jamieson Price is, kind of barks everything, doesn't he? Yeah. But both are just insanely mm. quotable, right? Like almost all uh, fighting game announcers are so quotable. <laughs> <laughs> yes very very yeah there's some there's some pretty remarkable uh lines in there and and, and I, I think these would have these were in these were in english in the original japanese game yeah, as well yeah. i think that's that how that's how it works so yeah uh the weak lose and the strong win which of these fighters will prove the old axiom today very strange sort of use of language but actually quite um Sort of, sort of re the the use of the word axiom in in the middle of a fighting tournament is sort of curious in itself, and slightly unexpected. But it's it's weird because when whenever you repeat those lines, I mm. I I feel that anticipation of the two characters with the VS mm. in the middle, sort of mm -hmm. in the loading screen, and I'm almost gearing up, ready for a new battle. You know, it's uh, yeah. It it in a weird way, it's also invigorating. So the roster then uh, started pretty large compared to the older games in the series and got larger to the point that it was kind of hitting Marvel versus Capcom numbers by the by the Ultra edition. Uh, notably, no playable fighters in this game who debuted in Street Fighter 3, uh, although Super Street Fighter 4 eventually added three fighters from the series, two more added in Arcade Edition and another two in Ultra, so eventually uh, a large chunk of the Street Fighter 3 roster is in there, although not notably the crazier, wackier, more sci-fi characters that Street Fighter 3 is perhaps famous for. But yeah, we started off with 20-something, uh, I think, in the, first, in the first release, even in vanilla. In the arcade machine, Guken was CPU only, and Seth was the boss, of course. Uh, Super added uh, nine or ten more characters, arcade edition four more, and then Ultra another five. Uh, interestingly, um, by Super, uh, we get the last two Street Fighter Two characters yes. uh, are added. Then, so by the time they're adding Street Fighter Three characters, they'd capped off the Street Fighter Two characters yeah. as well. So. Mm, yeah, including... DJ, DJ and T Hawk. Which, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. T Hawk, which... who, who gets called Talk by uh, Ben huh. uh, <laughs> Ben Cartlidge for One Credit oh. Classics. <laughs> also, also really cool was the debut of uh, Evil Rio and Oni 
who were not announced when arcade edition came out in the actual arcades and then people discovered them like you you have to meet those certain conditions uh-huh. to to get them as the bosses mm, yeah. right old school yeah that was yeah, that yeah. Was really, that's that how was it really used cool. to be in the 90s yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and then yeah. of course Remember you have those Tekken cabinet with its timed unlocks yeah. and then you have those four yeah. characters that the the interns uh, added in and forgot to fix the hitboxes on elena and Hugo <laughs> <Chiro> and <laughs> right yeah so obviously we don't have time to uh analyze every character and and it's and their tiers uh we'll we'll no doubt mention characters as we talk about gameplay uh gameplay is largely reminiscent probably to the layman of super street fighter 2 turbo and street fighter 3 third strike with the six button scheme for light medium heavy uh, you got punches, throws, dashes, quick standing combos and special moves. New to this game are the focus attacks, which I only just learned were called saving systems in the Japanese version. Saving attack. Based on yeah. two stances. Saving, all right. Uh, two, based on two stances where an incoming attack can be absorbed and consequently countered. These attacks can be used to cancel out special moves, leading to new opportunities for combos and putting the emphasis into reading an opponent's move rather than relying on strict combos. And then, of course... Ultra brought in red focus. So can you more technical people explain to me why this was a big deal? Focus first and then what red focus brought to the party. I think the the intention behind the focus attack was to to give every character a go-to really damaging move. So I, I think that um, initially it was more geared towards uh, beginners. As you know, you, you had a... Traditionally, you had a thing where, like, I don't know, an opponent whiffed uh, a huge ultra or, or shuriken or something, and then you do a jump in or whatever to start the punish, and now you had the focus attack to go to. And also, it beats single attacks, right? So if an opponent mm-hmm. just yeah, uh, shoots, armor, yeah, yeah, shoots, shoots a, a projectile at you, you can just focus attack. And then once you start to, to get the, the hang of it, you realize that you can just dash out of it after you absorb uh, your attack and it, it starts to get really versatile and then once you get into the whole cancelling thing right where you realize you can uh, make sure. unsafe attacks safe with the focus attack uh, by spending a meter it gets like really deep so i think it it really captures the whole philosophy of the uh i'm sure we're going to mention it again but the easy to pick up and hard to master uh design yeah. philosophy yeah. i think yeah, for sure. it, it really is is that's <laughs> funny it's focused uh, in this <laughs> yeah and i think it's it's also the the main thing that is sort of in, uh, an inheritance from the street fighter 3 series it's almost like a replacement shared Perry. mechanic uh like the parry was in street fighter yeah. 3 yes, only as johannes has pointed out it's a more versatile tool than a tool than and easier the, than to the execute much easier yeah. to execute yeah timing wise uh, for sure yeah yeah, yeah. not like yeah, everything and- and I think the fact Bible. that they put it on um, the two medium attack buttons led led you to believe it was as crucial to your gameplay as a throw. You know, yeah. the, the fact that it does, it, it's just one pair of buttons along from the throw, that's how you do it, you know. And and yeah, I, I love the way you put that, Johannes, that at the first level, it was just a kind of cool attack that captured the art style from the intro cutscene and the kind of promo material with all the inky aspect to it. But then, then when you realize you can do, I think it's an EX focus it's, um, to cancel your your special, and then the dash cancel on top of that, which allows you to avoid a punish and potentially, you know, start a pun- a, a counter counter of your own if you want. Um, yeah, that's 
not something I ever got my head around, but it was amazing to see when it, it happened. Yeah, my minds were blown when, when people used it for the first time and we didn't know about it. It was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I remember using it a lot uh, versus uh, Seth on at least medium difficulty in the arcade mode. Mm. Uh, he didn't have a proper answer to a fully charged focus attack followed by uh, a, a low fierce or a, yeah, like, a, like a, a, a powerful sweep. So you could just sort of... Uh, yeah, get him stuck in a loop where you just do that over and over again until he's uh, he's gone. I read a thing as regards to Red Focus with uh, Justin One saying he was looking forward to trying it out. Did it was that a success or not? Um, Ultra. It was. It's kind of a mixed bag. Um, it was mainly used by uh, a number of a very limited number of characters. So, uh, for mm. example, Zangief uh, traditionally never had a way to combo into his Ultra, but with Red, with red Focus he can. You can do. Uh, EX, green hand, and then red focus, which spends your whole super bar. But then you get uh, the opponent is crumpled and you can do your ultra combo. And also, okay. uh, for example, Yun, uh, Yun's shoulder attack, which is very easily confirmable. And then you red focus and you go do crazy combos after that. Um, other characters don't really have much use for it. Um, it's very costly also, yeah. The yeah, exactly. The, the EX red focus. Mm. So special move and then cancel into red focus costs three bars. So that's that's really costly. Mm. So most characters ended up not using it heavily. But um, it was a good punish for like uh, punishing whiffed um, big stuff. Uh, because it did more damage than the, than the normal focus attack. And also more than, uh, than a jump in, uh, jump in fears or something. Yeah, if you get the full damage, it's exactly probably a decent use, usage of meter. It's meter. It's just yeah. if you can't guarantee you're going to get that, it feels like such an expensive yes. uh, way to lose uh, lose two or three bars. Yeah, and right? I guess the the, the biggest uh, success for it uh, from from Capcom's perspective is that, that there were a couple of uh, scenes in, in tournaments where it it just happened to to lead to really hype situations. So with the with the red focus, it has infinite armor. You can attack, you can absorb however many hits uh, in that in that short time, and it led to some really funny situations. Maybe maybe mm. that was the biggest success of it. Yeah, and then of course you have uh, ultra combos, which we've mentioned, which effectively is built up with a it's a revenge gauge in mm. that uh, yeah it's a, it's a it's a it's a comeback. Uh, this mechanic. was a very very controversial yeah. uh, mechanic mm. as well for the mm. for the game, especially uh, especially when it came out. They were really damaging, mm. and you basically were rewarded uh, yep. for doing badly to yes. to pull out your most damaging move. Yep. Um, I remember reading an article by it's like Mario uh, David. Kart. S- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, mean, I remember reading an article by David Serlin or oh, a critique yeah. where he explained the slippery slope uh, concept uh, to where. You know, they're they're in in a traditional two D fighter. You by by getting going on the ropes and being low on health yeah. should never give you a disadvantage. Disadvantage because mm-hmm. there's nothing that uh, could stop you from making a comeback by on your own except for your own skills, of course. Mm-hmm. So he, he uh, made a, a very good point in that it's yeah for a two D fighter it's it's a very ill fit. I personally never had that much trouble with them as a I just felt like they were maybe a little bit too damaging, especially in, uh, in Vanilla Street Fighter Hard 4. Hard to land, though. I mean, 
Yeah, they were very hard to land. Usually you couldn't combo into them except for when people started using the focus attacks yeah. dash cancels, uh, for example. It was also very dependent on the on the character. Same thing as with the focus attacks. Yeah. Some some characters had really good, useful ultra combos and others just didn't. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I always was reminded of one of my favorite fighting games of all time, Summer Showdown uh, 1, especially 2, which had the revenge gauge, which mm. functioned much the same, where you got more powerful the more you got beat up and yeah. you started flashing red that's one and of the most more damage. fighting games of all time among exactly hardcore. and uh all your your supers could only be done on a on a full flaming revenge gauge as mm. well so i never saw it as as something that's sacrilegious to to the genre as a whole or something no i think the the more universally liked uh, aspect of the ultra combo was combining it with the focus attacks where say you have a, a situation where your opponent is is uh quote-unquote spamming mm. projectiles and you focus absorb them, and that is also filling your your ultra gauge. So it yeah. actively discourages uh, certain playstyles and rewards and others. Working alongside, or yeah, simultaneously with, you've also got the super meter, uh, which you can open up super combos. Um, that's built in a different way, uh, generally by doing actually doing positive things. What I will say is, and I'm trying to sort of. Because you know, although I'm I don't know as much as as you guys do, I've been playing these games a long time, and so it, when I'm playing, it's all just in there. I do wonder if actually, as as although this game did sell nine million copies and brought the scene back to an extent, there was still a lot going on for the the layman player, especially for those people who hadn't played a fighting game since Street Fighter Two, or even you know if they played Super Street Fighter Two Turbo and they'd seen the super combo come in the you know at that point they might just about you know be familiar with that but there's actually there's there's you know guard gauges and focused attacks and and ultra combos and super combos and um you know there's a lot there's a lot to take in and remember and obviously that's good for the game in the long-term sense and for the serious players but actually maybe there was a maybe even with vanilla street fighter 4 there was a bit much for the 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 puncher in the street i don't know i can uh I can imagine a lot of more casual players who got the game and maybe would have uh, had plans of becoming better at it, uh, just getting frustrated fairly early on. Yeah. Because to to reach a decent level, playing level re- requires quite a lot of technical and skill. And execution uh, in this game is notoriously quite demanding, isn't it? <laughs> in the sense of there are single frame links and, and um, yeah, your input yeah. window isn't massive and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, what, what I would say is, I think... For a casual player, probably your EX meter is just going to be a super meter and your revenge meter is just an ultra meter. I, the way I would play it if I was just picking this up is I wouldn't worry about EX tax, etc. Don't worry about using bar for EX cancels. That's just not relevant. You're just letting those meters build up and when they hit maximum, it gives you a chance if you get lucky to do something really cool. That I mean, that's literally it. That's what those are. You know, you can do a mm. super, you can do an ultra. That's what mm. they are. You don't worry about the rest. And that's what I love about this uh, this approach to the game is it feels... Um, there, was a, there was a conversation on our, our forums about whether Street Fighter 4 is mechanically incredibly complex, and I never yeah. saw it that way at all. Mm. I really, really, really didn't compared to... 
uh, mm. anime fighters as a, a kind of general group. Your Guilty Gears, your Blaze Blues, with you know, um, like air dashing and and oh, as quirky. many, if not way more, meters and systems going on. Every character's of, got their own systems in those. For cases sure, well, yeah. Is- and and in in those cases, I think what Street Fighter Four, what I would say about it is, in terms of number of mechanics, number of systems. It sounds like it could be overwhelming, but actually it's not as complex in terms of pure number of systems. What you yeah. get from the size of the player base that Street Fighter Four had and what you get from, like, focus attack seemed like a simple system. It actually turned out there was way more to it, as mm. Joanne said. It turns out that there's a lot of depth there, and, and that would come out of a lot of fighting games, but what a lot of fighting games didn't have that Street Fighter Four did is the the length of time to grow and develop and change and the number of players to kind of bring that stuff out by labbing, but also just over time, the meta changes and the way people do things change. Um, and that's that sort of depth was really cool. But I don't think that necessarily negatively impacts the the casual player. At least that's my take on it. I don't know. I think what the, what the game uh, could have benefited from greatly for beginners would have been a proper tutorial. Right, it it yeah. always only had those um, the combo challenges, mm. and to- yeah. proper tutorials in fighting games only became a thing after, I think after Skullgirls did it really well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 I think one of them the certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and then Arc System Works kind of took up the mantle. True, true. Sure, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that said though, I gotta. Say, I mean, I remember doing in the original Street Fighter EX Plus Alpha on the PS One. It had these. Uh, it was one of the first games I remember with a kind of trials mode, and I remember spending a lot of time trying to trying to execute those. But again, I felt like my friends who might have enjoyed playing a bit of Ken versus Ryu on Street Fighter 2 on the SNES, they were looking at this stuff and just going, what? You know, why Why would I spend time just in single player? You know, th- this, is, this is, yeah, the idea of labbing to, I would say, 98% of the people I know outside of my hardcore gaming circles yeah. is, a, is just a complete non-starter. Like, why would you ever even think of doing that? <laughs> yeah. What what I do like about the, the trials is that um, I certainly battered my head against some of those because it's not always apparent whether you're inputting too fast or too slow. Usually in my yeah. case, it's too slow, but I didn't understand how I could do it any quicker. It felt like I was doing everything as rushed as, like overly rushed, like I had no mm. composure, I was trying to go so quickly, and that led to mistakes, etc. And and that aspect of single frame links that are required to make sure you get you know the sequence of of moves to complete, whether it's a trial or just a combo in general. Uh, and people telling you that oh you have to plink, you have to be plinking your buttons to get you know multiple inputs at the same you know mm. in quick succession so that one of them will hit because no one could possibly be that precise. Well, some people can. There are people who played this game who can be that precise their execution got that good um, yeah but it does Most feel like those trials were able to yeah yeah um mm. it does feel like those trials were an exercise in being kind of slapped down but I, I remember for the first time realizing how you buffer an input and it was ryu going from um uh a, a Sure, you can cancelling into ultra, and I was like, I don't get how you do this. I can't do the motion, and of course, you've already completed part of the motion by the time the sure you can comes out, and you're halfway towards it. But I just didn't see it, and that's that's the way in which you can have those breakthrough moments, even as someone like myself who's pretty poor at fighting games in general. 
you get these moments where suddenly it makes sense. You realize how mm. you can do it quicker, how you're supposed to mm. be playing the game, and that stuff's really cool about those trials. But the game is never it's teaching you that. Rewarding if you invest. Sure. Yeah, but the yeah. the game yeah. is never teaching you that, so I can I can see how it's, how it's sure. frustrating. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, totally. And yeah. and actually, on that subject, like you guys, particularly, I I tend to still not use it because I'm really old and and old fashioned. But a lot of the fighting game jargon that that we're deploying, you guys are deploying in this podcast, that is still foreign to a lot of people who will be listening mm, to this. Sure, who aren't sure. you know because yeah. people listen to Kane and Rinsed because they're this is not criticizing you guys, by the way. It's just, it's more of a point about it's just a gap. the, yeah. the yeah. way that niche genres exist. And sometimes they can feel insular, even when they're not trying to be, just because all the, the lingo is exclusive by its nature. So you're yeah. talking about footsies and plinking and, and whiffing and whatever <laughs> else. And people are like, yeah. what did he just say? Are, are the words even going in? And it's, yeah. it's, it's easy to lose people. Uh, certainly, I, you know, when I've tried to get into stuff, what you can say to those people is um, obviously it's it's understandable uh, that this can be off-putting, but it can also be really rewarding uh, getting into this, right? Even though it's a completely sure. nerdy and completely niche uh, thing, it can be really fun, and it's probably the same for people yeah. that get into Dota or I don't know <laughs> other games, other yeah, games yeah, that I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Fortnite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I'm sure there's there's probably a, a new jargon surrounding Fortnite that, oh, for sure. that none of us is party to because we're, yeah. we're we're too old. One thing I also wanted to bring up was the fact that uh, obviously we're now kind of, as I say, as planned, we're talking about Street Fighter 4 holistically. But I think we should just remember back to the vanilla version. It was pretty bare bones. The online mode was very un- lacking in features mm. and the, co- the net code was unreliable, janky, lag prone. Um, so although I loved Street Fighter 4 Vanilla at the time, there was a instant sense that there would need to be more and better. And there was also an instant sense among those. I was listening to other podcasts, including, you know, gamers who are more transient and less likely to specialize, who were almost immediately put off by the the lack of features and the poor netcode in Street Fighter 4 and probably never got any further with the series because of it. Yeah, yeah, that's entirely fair, I think. I mean, looking at it now, and, and to say that vanilla Street Fighter 4 was bare bones when Street Fighter 5 has come out since then is kind yeah. of laughable. It's but, funny um, that they did it all again. I mean, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, lesson definitely not learned in that case. Yeah. For, for reasons, yeah. that's not a, 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 a vicious criticism, that's a, a more an observation. But um, but yeah, it did develop over time, and I th- and I think it uh, training modes was lacking some stuff that you would expect it to be in there that I got added in later. But again, that's stuff for the hardcore players, and I think it's interesting to see how fighting games have kind of moved on. And uh, to me- to my mind, NetherRealm Studios have been a big part of that in terms of providing casual players, people who want to play mostly solo, who don't necessarily want to go online. If what's going to happen is they're going to yeah. just get beat ten times in a row. Um, providing other stuff and other interest or helping the player build up to the point where that's not going to happen to them when they go online. And part of that is having a robust netcode, which if you don't have, it's only going to feel more frustrating when your combos don't work or you think you blocked but still get hit. You know, that's it's really And there was no endless friends lobby which you could bring in lots of people and have a, you know, like we, the way we always play it was not possible in the first version of the game, I believe. As I uh, recall, yep, yeah, yeah, you could just have one one on one fights, and uh, you'd have to keep inviting people and whatever else. So yeah, it was it was 
not very user friendly and i know they were still feeling their way but other games were already i think doing it at least as well if not better and there was an expectation that wasn't being met and again i think yeah okay the game ended up selling that many copies but i feel like they probably still managed to alienate or lose some people that they could have gathered in with yeah. a bit more pre you and, know preparation i think sadly that happens with a lot of fighting game releases not just Capcom, and certainly not just street fighter but and absolutely in that there's always a lot of buzz around the new release and people get interested either because of the hype or nostalgia in the case of Street Fighter 4 mm-hmm. and they want to come in, they want to love it again, they want to have those feelings again and then the wall Barriers. is there, the barrier mm-hmm. and it's a question of um, how far can you go, not how far should but how far can you go to overcome that because ultimately the the stuff that I've been talking about and can't do in this game that is the really rewarding stuff uh, mechanically is is going to be out of the realms for a lot of people. They're just not going to be able to get there. So no. how is yeah. that then rewarding for people who aren't going to be able to focus, tax, uh, focus attack dash cancel, for example? Yeah, it's interesting you, you talk about the just how bare bones the original version was. If I wouldn't have had other players to play locally around readily available then yeah. it would have been a very different mm. but I, that, that's kind of a must for me with fighting games i need to have people physically uh that i can can play against um and and uh just playing online uh, online a fighting game online at the time was unthinkable to me mm. uh you know due to net codes and uh and and lagginess and everything and just um yeah, I started to play online a little bit more during the course of the game and other fighting games, but I never saw it as the same thing as sitting in the same room and, yeah. and playing against people. Yeah. And it's you know, the lobbies are really fun that we that we have, but it's mm. still the best thing to me to look look people in the eye and talk a lot of yeah. talk a lot of crap and just yeah, yeah. sit in the same no, uh, in the same I room. I think that yeah. uh, Vanilla fact- as a Force is very obviously uh, an arcade port. Of a of a Japanese arcade game, right? It's it, it wasn't Absolutely. it wasn't initially yeah. meant to be played online or single player or anything like that. Later yeah. iterations, sure, yeah. but in the beginning, it was very clearly just that kind yeah. of pure thing. Mm. Yeah. Or well, on the very subject of multiplayer, both online and off, uh, we've got a little bit of correspondence here. Uh, Stanchel from the forum says more than 10 years on the focus attack dash cancel mechanic feels as exciting as it did when i first played street fighter 4 in a packed arcade in china although simple enough to execute it offers amazing versatility in both attack and defense the first time i realized i could cancel a fireball then follow it across the screen to apply extra meaty pressure i was grinning at the mischief it could cause likewise when i learned that i could turn defense into attack by dash cancelling through an opponent's projectile it was a revelation it also brought about my all-time favourite moment in any game. My mate and I would play endless rounds of Ken versus Ryu, night after night. He was a really solid player, excellent at controlling space with projectiles, and he regularly used to anti-air me into an ultra hadouken, or even worse, trade hits into ultra and take rounds where I'd been well ahead. It used to drive me mad. While Ken's carrow throw is crazy and his mix-ups are marvellous, There's no easy way to set up his ultra, and I would regularly moan about this on a bad night, much to my mate's delight. I felt the winds tipping in his favour. I needed to find something extra, and so I began to practice. Without going into too much detail, 
a Fierce Dragon Punch hits four times. If you cancel the second hit, it lifts the opponent off the ground, enough for you to dash forward into another Dragon Punch, and so on. By turning on maximum meter in training mode, you could juggle the dummy back and forth across the screen, cancelling one DP after another. When I visualise it, I can still feel the inputs in my muscle memory. Then I practice cancelling the Dragon Punch into Ultra, hoping for a reliable setup to finally turn the tables. To my disappointment though, it wouldn't properly connect, and I couldn't understand why. Finally, after a lot of practice and even more frustration, I learned that the Shoryuken needs to be a counter hit, or you don't get enough juggle to land the full Ultra combo. It was hardly reliable, but I waited for my chance. Shortly after, we were deep into another session. I was getting thrashed trying to find a way through, and then all of a sudden it happened. Just outside sweep range, I read the point-blank fireball before he'd thrown it, absorbed it with the focus attack, and dashed through straight into a fierce shoryuken. I don't know whether I caught the recovery frames of the fireball or the start-up of a jab, but the words I'd been waiting for flashed up. Counter hit. It happened without any conscious thought. Dash cancel. Full ultra. Boof. Ken wins. It was a game changer and we both knew it. I didn't even celebrate, I just enjoyed the sweet silence. The most skillful thing I've ever done, months and months in the making. It was the best gaming moment of my life. Amazing <laughs> nice. story, yeah. Uh, a, a slightly different perspective then on the online, uh, Alex79UK from the forum says, Street Fighter 4 was the first game in the main series I'd played since the Mega Drive release of Super Street Fighter 2. For some reason, and I'm still not sure why, as I've never been a huge one-on-one -on -one fighting game guy, I went all in and bought one of the fancy Mad Cats fight sticks to go with it. I think it just looked so incredible, all these characters I'd loved as a kid back in HD and looking amazing. It remains one of the few games where I was ever able to play with my son and feel somewhat evenly matched. I stick my health on minimum, his on maximum, and we would actually get some decent games, both of us mashing the buttons and occasionally somehow pulling off ultra moves. I tried to play online too, big mistake. Nothing much as soul destroying as losing 100 games, quite literally, in a row. The only character I ever really mastered was Ryu, and by mastered, I mean learn the moves and combos and actually manage to hold my own against the AI on the standard difficulty. But online was something else. I remember the sheer elation I felt when I finally won a match, just the one mind. It really is a marvellous game, Street Fighter 4, catering to both the hardcore and casual button bashers, but it's just not one that's as much fun in single player, so I never got that much out of it, really. Yeah, I mean, the online experience for the, the non-expert players is a very different one. I played some games yesterday on Ultra on the PS4. There's still people playing. Uh, I managed to get my three-peat uh, trophy with Blanca, taking people by surprise, but I also lost <laughs> at least five or six games Um uh, comfortably uh, the lag was mixed a mixed bag um, playing on PS4 in uh, wirelessly at this point a um, couple of games were seamless uh, some were a little herky-jerky here and there um, but yeah as you say like I like like it when we do get a lobby together but I have managed to just get a few people together now and again for some local Street Fighter 4 and it is, is a whole different thing and um, even as a yeah, as a scrub, uh, that's when the best times happen. But I am curious, you know, I think uh, as time in the show moves on, we need to hear a bit more about some of, uh, Johannes, your experience of tournament play. All right, all right. Any particular key memories? What What are the moments that stick out? There's, as I said, a lot. Like, 
I, I haven't been to the biggest tournaments. Uh, I've never been to Evo, for example, which uh, sure. is kind of a shame. But I've uh, been to a lot of uh, the bigger uh, tournaments in, in Europe. And uh, in Japan, there's not really many tournaments going on. But sometimes events. And there, there was one in particular. I think that was the, the most hype uh, night over there. It was the night before um, a huge tournament at uh, Tokyo Game Show, um, mm. organized by Mad Cats, and everybody was in that one arcade in in Shinjuku in Tokyo, the uh, title uh, station, legendary Street mm. Fighter Four arcade, um, completely deserted uh, Street Fighter Four machines now, so <laughs> really sad sight. But yeah. back in the day, it was amazing. And uh, as I said, there was this huge um, Madcats tournament the next day. I think it was part of the Pro Tour already. Not not exactly sure if that was a thing. But everybody was there. So all the all the big Japanese players were there. Um, but also the the US players. Uh, so I, I met uh, Justin Wong and uh, and Mike Ross and Gutex and uh, Infiltration and Punko were there and Gamer B. And also, you know, there's there's a lot of unknown, like internationally or in the scene internationally, unknown Japanese players there. And I remember mm. um, there was one guy. Um, so I was I was there with a German friend, also a Street Fighter player. He came over just to to play Street Fighter. Uh, I was there for I don't remember, uh, probably not work, but uh, I was spending an, an extended amount of time there. And there was this one Japanese player. Uh, he played Seth. And he just didn't lose. Like he was playing against everybody, uh, against all the top uh, pro players, and he mm-hmm. just didn't lose. He won uh, somewhere in the ballpark of ninety-five to a hundred games in a row. Wow! Whoa! And Kumite. Yeah. <laughs> and people were just, you know, people started uh, crowding around this guy. Then by the time that he won, like you know, thirty, forty games against the likes of Daigo and. Uh, and Kazunoko, etc., the best players at the time. And everybody was like, who is this guy? <laughs> it was, just, it was up, some Japanese dude, not from, from that arcade, uh, probably not even from Tokyo, because nobody knew him. And uh, he he lost after the, those 90-something matches, and he just left. And nobody <laughs> knew who he was. <laughs> ne- never seen him again anywhere. It's like, okay. So th- yeah, that was yeah. that was crazy. That was really crazy, and uh, that that also shows that um, the, of course, it's a completely extremely nerdy thing, but the 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 magical things that can happen in those arcades, you know, if you if you manage to find yeah. them somewhere uh, where they're still operational, do spend some time there. Uh, best best matches and so much better than laggy online and so much more fun. Yeah. Mm. yeah um and i suppose the the thing that i kind of when i feel excited about street fighter 4 when i'm thinking about playing it and, I, and i've probably said similar things on our previous fighting game podcast as well it if it wasn't for the the overall feel of the game the vibe the sounds the 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 the, the buzz the buzz of it and and the actual that sort of feedback of 
the fact that the game feels crisp and nice when you... Th this was the thing that, that that 9 out of 10 Edge magazine review kind of sold to me before I played it. I think when I was seeing the screenshots, I was thinking, is this going to feel kind of soft and spongy? Is this going to feel... Is it is it going to... Uh, is it going to have the same level of kind of response? And, and obviously, it, it, you know, it runs at uh, a very swift, uh, you know, and, and locked certainly on, on, on maybe not on the PS3. I don't know. On the other formats, it's 60 frames, isn't it? And, uh, and absolutely like rock solid. Um, and just, yeah, it's like, do you know, I, I don't know if, if you guys get this bit, if you think of a game, you have like one kind of sensation that kind of comes to mind, this sort of synesthetic um, impression of what a game is to you. And for me, it's this kind of sense of a dragon punch connecting or, a you know, or a heavy flying kick connecting to an enemy and the feel that that every time that happens, there's like a dopamine hit that comes with it because the audio visual feedback and 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 the the response of the the character is exactly as you kind of want it to be. Am I onto anything here? This is, <laughs> yeah, I no, might absolutely. be, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. And it can also even be the little things like, uh, you know, uh, light, light punches, uh, connecting with a, with a blocking character and a little thump where it sort of bounces off of it, you know, mm. the small things, uh, attacking a, a throw where you sort of see the little effect and, you you get pushed away from each uh, from each other ever so slightly. I think I think yeah. a lot of it comes down to that, that immediacy of the of the control over that hopefully cool yeah. looking character. Right? Yeah. Like there's there's so much talk yeah. about uh, nowadays games like um, like Marvel Spider Man or now with the the Anthem demo where where the joy of movement is such an integral part of the of the gameplay of the of the core gameplay loop. And with, a, yes. with fighting games, you have that all the time. And it's much yes. more simple in a way. You know, you walk backwards, walk forwards. There's no, like, crazy change in, in animation there. But it just feels good, right? And I think that's where yeah. a lot of the, the yeah. fun stems from. Yeah. Mm. And I've, I've had this discussion even at the time with uh, a lot of people who were not into fighting games. Uh, a good colleague of mine, uh, a good friend and colleague, uh, at Nintendo, who was interesting to hear about it them from me, but he always told me, "Yeah, I just don't get why it's always in a small space and you don't get to explore explore <laughs> a world, a world right. or anything like that." So that's why it never appealed to him. Yeah, and I told him, "Fighting games are about exploration, but you're exploring the move lists, you're, the move sets, you're exploring the mechanics, you're explore, exploring how characters match out to other characters, mm. uh, and exploring it, uh, your it, opponent." as much as anything that's the, exactly. the difference between uh, playing ai versus playing an opponent is yeah. uh, not knowing what's going to happen next yeah which is one of my favorite things to do when we have those lobbies for example yeah. or when we're playing in the in the wild it's like i try to fill out opponents and see what they're what they're doing and and try to rethink my strategy yeah. strategies around that and try to sort of get their number and uh, try to find counters about uh, yeah. against stuff that they're 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 pulling yeah and especially when you go down to the bottom of the lobby list and you know you've got a few matches to wait, it's just ticking over in your mind the whole time. What can I do next time? What can I do next time? Yeah. You know, trying to, <laughs> to re sort of gather yourself and come up with a different uh, plan of attack or a way to deal yeah. with Blanco Ball. What, what makes Street Fighter 4 different in this aspect is I think it feels different from all, any other fighting game that I've played, right? Yeah. I mean, for, for all intents and purposes, 
it is a 2D game with 3D graphics. Mm. Um, you know, and if we we talk about that, like the old Virtua Fighters and the old uh, Tekken games, there were 2D games as well. You you couldn't move in and out the screen or anything like that. You were still stuck on a single plane, but they definitely felt different from the 2D fighters yeah. uh, in their animations and the way their mechanics and, and uh, combos worked. Mm. Um, but Street Fighter 4 even feels very different still. I mean, a lot of people liken it to Street Fighter 2, uh, yeah. but th- there is a different sensation when you play play, the, play that game versus Street Fighter 4. Mm. And uh, definitely when you're playing the beautiful... 2D animated uh, Street Fighter 3 as well. It, it feels so different from Street Fighter 4. And I think what I, even when I had my, you know, my darkest moments with the game or my, my moments where I wasn't really feeling it anymore, yeah. I always respected Street Fighter 4 in how unique it was in that it was one of the only fighting games in the competitive scene around that time that rewarded a, sl- a slower... Uh, style of play and a more mm. defensive style of play where you could take you could slow the match down and be more defensive and think strategies while uh think of strategies and tactics while you were going on uh you know That's while the fight was go- go- going on <laughs> <laughs> when and uh games that i was more into uh let's say when super and arcade editions were going on like king of Fighters 13 I loved how liberated they made you feel in terms of movement. Like you could do full screen runs and hyper hyper jumps and uh, hyper hops and all sorts of crazy stuff. And Guilty Gear, you could do like air dashes. But they're all uh, games that promoted offense and, you know, cracking somebody open and just then going to town on them. Whereas Street Fighter 4, even though... It was more conservative in many ways. It also f- felt more versatile in, you know, a lot of different tactics and a lot of different fighting sc- styles could work within its framework. Offense A, defense E, that's me all the time. Uh, we <laughs> talked about the, the introduction of that grading system in Street Fighter 3 and how it possibly was a bit odd um, and didn't really work too well. Is there anything, is there any merit to the grading system in Street Fighter 4? De- proper players pay any attention to it whatsoever? I don't, I don't think so. I, I have no idea how it mm. works and I've never heard anybody talking about it. So No. Uh. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, yeah, I don't care either. doesn't matter if yeah. you win, does it? If, if you've been ranked... My, my, bro- my brother-in-law used to rub it in his face that he had, for style, he always had much be- uh, much better yeah, score okay. than me even when I took my wins. Okay. But you probably, yeah. you might be able to elevate that just by doing the moves without them actually connecting or something. I don't know. It depends yeah. on the algorithms, but I don't know if they're even public, but no, no one cares enough to unearth the, the yeah. maths. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to mention the trophies and achievements that are there on the PS3, 360, PS4 and PC versions, just because they're inter- they're an interesting set in that obviously they, uh, the vanilla game was separate. I can't really remember the nature of those. I think they were similar. But they start. There's there's now a lot over the multiple versions. They start off ludicrously simple um, by simply setting your title an icon, which represents you, you know, like a nameplate when you go online, and working up through some sensible things like clearing the arcade mode on medium as you'd expect, and um, go into an endless battle lobby. You know, it's encouraging you to play the modes. But two thing two things of note about the 
the achievements or trophies. One is that they're all written as if by uh, Dan, I believe, Dan Hibiki. So they're and they're all incredibly verbose uh, <laughs> compared to other uh, other achievement lists. Uh, so they tend to have very long winded descriptions, but also that they start off as simple as that. But by the the top stuff, if you look at true achievements or true trophies, where they uh, give a ratio, uh, an actual score based on the likelihood of you achieving it, the uh, completing all the trials uh, for all characters and stuff like that are incredibly uh, rare, you know, ultra rare, super rare achievements. Um, and indeed the platinum that you get on the PS3, 4 versions for doing everything is, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's like, it's got a ratio of 8.2, so it's worth eight times as much as they give you for it, basically, because it's that hard to get, so. Yeah, mm. I've got some very rare achievements on my uh, list, but that's because sometimes Johannes, when he was at my place, <sighs> he would just fire up the trials <laughs> and uh, do do them all in a row. Yeah. But <laughs> no, but still, I, I suck compared to, to other people. I have not completed all trials. Uh, I know people that have, and there are people that are actually not that good at the game, but really good at combo execution as well. So, yeah, yeah sure yeah the yeah, it's like um, interestingly enough the the arcade the actual arcade version has a has a much cooler system in my opinion there's a set of oh what does yeah, that do? there's a set of challenges that you can choose from things like throw your opponent a couple times uh absorb x hits uh, with a focus attack yeah uh do a super finish things like that um mm. so after your match is over you get uh, a list of those um challenges so it is uh it's divided up into sets of 10 of those types of challenges and i think there's 10 sets so 100 individual challenges in 10 sets that you can choose okay. from and for completing them you gain points uh towards unlocking the the costumes so in the arcade um, you op- you ah. optionally have an account um the data data yes. is saved on a on a card and when yep. you sit down to play you can uh, scan the card or touch the card and then you yes. unlock stuff right. like that which is a nice segue i believe yes nice way ah. to do it yeah absolutely beautifully done <laughs> yeah so in in the in the in the, in the home version uh, all the dlc was cosmetic uh well all the paid for dlc was cosmetic of course lots of uh, updates and modes as we've already discussed were added but this was where the kind of cash for costumes thing in at least in capcom land uh, i'm sure other games were already doing it and obviously we've seen since this launched we've seen games like dead or alive 5 uh, taking this to a frankly insane degree and also extreme degree a yeah. very sexy degree um, of <laughs> naked santa clauses and things like that so, um so we've i mean obviously yes we haven't really talked about the sort of depiction of the of the char- characters but i think we've probably covered it in other street fighter shows um i think yeah some of the some of the characters are kind of quite provocative and there have been some sort of uh but there's some camera moves that were in the japanese version that didn't make it into the western versions um focusing on or was that in street fighter 5 i, was in, sort of, uh, I think five, it was yeah. street fighter 5 yeah. yeah shots of shots of asses but here the costumes you know range from i'm sure some of them are more revealing for particularly for the female characters but also the males um and they vary from relatively sensible things and things that hark back to other games or other Ver- uh, versions of Street Fighter, but there's also a lot of really, really daft stuff. Um, I don't know what the... I, I, I haven't done the maths. I don't know what the ultimate cost for buying everything was, um, but I believe you could spend quite a lot of money. Um, 
I don't think I ever paid for any uh, DLC. Yeah, you, you could, but um, the later versions always included uh, a lot of that already. So Previous. If, if you buy yeah. the PS4 version, which I guess is the, the latest one, it conclu- includes everything as far as I know. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Except for the, the DLC costumes that got introduced uh, with Ultra Street Fighter 4. Is that so? Right. So there's still yeah, some more so. to buy. Yeah, yeah I think still some more. I think that's oh, right. The, the, yeah. the, the silly animal costumes, for example. Oh, yeah. Yes. Those, those, oh, the Omega Mode <laughs> costumes. Yeah, yeah. Those are really yeah. silly. Yeah. You still see them online. People do wear, um, you know, cosmetic DLC yeah. as a kind of badge of honor that sure. they've spent yeah. money. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, fair it, enough. I, I mean, it's a revenue stream. There's no one's yeah. forcing you to buy it. And, and I, I do remember a lot of people kind of saying, hang on, this stuff used to be unlockable. You know, it used to be <laughs> the sort of thing. And, and you can still unlock uh, taunts and. Um, stuff for your uh colors and and um i think quotes and stuff for your uh fight card uh type stuff you know background yes oh yeah titles Um, yeah yeah, titles that's what i'm looking that's the uh, thing i was looking for so there's still loads in there but but i do remember there being kind of um a bit of uh yeah a bit of backlash to the notion that stuff that used to be in the game uh as an unlockable being pulled out and charged for um Mm. but yeah i mean to say that when we played recently, I fired up the game and was immediately felt so pleasantly surprised by how much was already in the game just by mm. my owning the game. When nowadays it kind of feels like, and with Street Fighter specifically, kind of feels like there's a certain amount of nickel and diming of everything now going yeah. on. Like every costume, character, stage, title, yeah. colors. Uh, even mm-hmm. if you yeah. buy a costume, you don't necessarily always. You didn't when it uh, Street Fighter Five was released. Didn't necessarily get all colors. Some stuff you do have to unlock, but it's via modes that you don't really want to be playing. Whereas yeah. this yeah. had kind of a neat way of every time you played uh, a few matches with a character, you'd unlock something for them, um, and it felt uh, like it had me sort of jaunting for the day, <laughs> the days where yeah. you could just buy the game. And yeah, you so. In terms of how it balances out, I suppose you can spend a lot more money on Street Fighter Five, but Street Fighter Four, as long as you were keeping up with the updates, that was your entry to getting quite a lot of stuff and a lot of customizability for your characters and for your game. Uh, in a way that, yeah, I was I had a real sort of fond uh, moment where I fired up and realized just how much was already in there that I didn't yeah. have to worry about saving up fight money or paying real mm. money for a lot of different stuff. Yeah, it was And great. in fact, reinstalling the Steam version to play with you guys last week, uh, I don't believe I'd ever paid for the... I'd, I'd bought it at some point during mm. either Super or, or AE era, yeah. and I don't believe I'd ever bought the Ultra thing, but I think at some point they just decided to roll it out to everyone because, you know, to keep, keep the player base together, I guess, yeah. kind of thing. I'm not sure, but... I, um... I think, Mikhail, you said something similar, and I did actually check to see whether, because I half wondered whether that had happened when the switchover from Games for Windows Live to Steam happened. They oh, just kind of moved everyone. But it definitely didn't, because that was before uh, Ultra right. came to the PC. Yeah. So, But yeah, it's, it seems like if both of you are saying that, I, mm. I remember upgrading on, on PC as well, because... Mm yeah more money than sense apparently um but uh but yeah it seems like that might have happened at some point i can't mm. think when but no uh, dom's beard says i think for me street fighter 4 is street fighter perfected it will probably never be bettered and is probably my favorite fighting game of all time i tried to love 5 i really did but i still went back to 4 
I feel you, man. We also have. <laughs> there you go. It's always the one you fall in love with, right? Um, it's like your Doctor Who or whatever else. Anyway, yeah. uh, three word reviews. Follow us on Twitter at Kane and Rince, starting with James. Yeah. Smeg and the Heads says, not that interesting. Magical Isopod says, too many releases. Stanshall says, fight local, chosen. Joe Dillon says, a Scottish stage. Alex79UK says, Hadouken, you lose. And Richard Bird says, save the genre. Yeah. Reinvigorated, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know about saved, but certainly reinvigorated. Um, We'll take that. Uh, Also, thank you to at Bearfish Pie the Tege for a barrage of excruciating puns. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but we must summarize uh, our Street Fighter 4 era uh, and what the game me- meant to us and would we I suppose would we recommend that people still pick it up and play it even ahead of the many many competitors that are on the scene forerunners and successors and whatever else James yeah it was weird going back to this game for me because uh, I very much see Street Fighter 5 as kind of like a response to Street Fighter 4 and not necessarily what the community felt about Street Fighter 4 but how Capcom felt about it and going back to this game reminded me that Street Fighter 4 is in many ways that response to Street Fighter 3 if we're talking the mainline series yep. in terms mm. of people felt like they were missing out on the Street Fighter 2 characters the core series characters if you like because that was the the popular uh, most popular version of of the or most popular uh, entry in the series, um, and this really felt like a, a resetting of that focus. And I I really liked how it balanced approachability with that depth that we we talked about. Um, it completely is the game that pulled me into whatever kind of um, outsider's view on the fighting game community i have uh and for that i mean th- there's no other game can do that. that that was my way in uh and getting interested in who was playing whom and you know uh i i was a big fan of abel and sagat as characters uh sagat from street fighter 2 obviously abel is one of the new ones so i had my favorites and you know strider 801 playing abel was just such fun to watch and bonchan was ever ever entertaining as Sagat as well so you know that that side of things I this game did wonders for me even if I didn't play it as much as I should have and I'm fully in for you know Street Fighter 5 when that came out and and now looking back and seeing if I can uh, make the transition over to Mortal Kombat games that I never really did back when I was playing Street Fighter 2 and just talking with you guys about it uh the the love I have for fighting games in many ways comes from Street Fighter 4 uh and the nostalgia that brought about for games I'd played when I was younger um as for whether I could recommend it um I think there are better games out there for people if they're looking for uh, an easy way into fighting games, for sure. But if, if like me, you have nostalgia for being a you know a ten year old kid playing Street Fighter Two, I don't really feel like there's a much better uh, suggestion than than looking at Street Fighter Four, especially given it's it feels like Ultra is kind of an all in if you buy that on PlayStation Four, for example. Mm. It does feel like that's an easy sell, especially given how cheap it is on sale. So I don't think you could go wrong with that if you're looking to just kind of reminisce about uh, about Street Fighter series. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I don't 
feel like Street Fighter 4 feels old. It doesn't to me. It's 10 years since I started playing it, almost exactly, and I've been booting it up recently in preparation for the show. I've never been away from it for that long, even with the advent of 5. Uh, if you know, I'm talking about all the versions of Street Fighter 4, which I've always kept up to date with. Uh, I still get excited. It's one of those games I still... When I boot it up, I'll watch the intro, I'll listen to the music, I'll uh, get a little buzz at the the announcer shouting about the fight that's about to happen. And yeah, as soon as the stick's in my hand and uh, those uh, blows are being traded and those lovely crisp sound effects and all that colour and even that grotesquerie are being thrown in my face. I'm totally there, totally love it just as I ever did. And um, yeah, I definitely still feel more attached to this one than I do to the sequel. It would be easy in some ways to say, well, you know, Street Fighter Five Arcade Edition is uh, is now, you know, it's a pretty full package with, uh, and there's a lot to like about it, um, speaking as a, as a scrub, as a layman. Um, but it never, for me, had quite the same charisma. I, I didn't feel ready for the transition to happen from Ultra to, to 5. And in a way, I still feel like if I was to recommend a Street Fighter game to somebody right now, well, first I'd recommend the Street Fighter Anniversary Collection because it's amazing and it's fully, it's got loads of games on it, including all of my favourites. But after that, it would be Ultra. You can probably pick up a copy or a download of Ultra for £10 or less. And I think in a way you're getting a more fully featured and complete package than you're still getting with Street Fighter V. And certainly you won't feel kind of pressured or, or anything to add anything to that purchase. You'll have 40-something characters, I guess. Is it 45 characters by the end of, of Ultra? 44, 45, somewhere in that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just an almost endless amount of gameplay. I, as I say, I understand that some of the mechanics are actually a little less accessible than they are in five. But uh, as somebody who doesn't play to any great degree, I I'm not really that hugely aware of that stuff. Um, Street Fighter four is just still an absolute blast to play. And, and if you can play a Street Fighter game with pals locally, then, then so much the better. So um, yeah, I think it's ultra is a, a valuable addition to anyone's game collection because there's probably always going to be a circumstance in which somebody wants to play Chun-Li versus E-Honda or something like that and it facilitates that and a good time so do you know what I just realized we didn't even talk about the music apart from the intro songs uh, there you go there's a lot of music in it and it's <laughs> good the uh, best I thing like was it. the rearranged classic themes for the for the characters. Yes, that I think introduced that, oh, yeah. super because awesome. I think the original music, the stage themes, are kind of duds. Forgettable, uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, very forgettable. Yes, from from super onwards, as with every aspect, I think that's where it starts to kick off. But um, uh, yeah, there's some there's some uh, some nice pumping electronic ish sort of versions of of your favorite tunes. Um, there you go. That's the music wrapped up. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, Nikhil. Uh, yeah, I think Street Fighter 4, the Street Fighter 4 years are super significant. Yeah. I always loved fighting games my whole life, but I never really valued much as single player experiences. Uh, so when nobody was playing 2D fighters that I knew of in my group of friends and communities anymore, everybody had moved on to Tekken and Soul Calibur, I stopped playing them as well because I had nobody to play them with. Street Fighter 4 really changed that. It brought, uh, yeah, a, a 
much more interest in uh, into uh, in in the 2D fighter with all its its um interesting you know it's interesting characteristics in terms of controlling space and air game and projectiles the, there's a distance game there that's not there in uh, in 3D fighters where and you know to a, to a lot of layman's it looks kind of cheap to be tr- throwing projectiles at each other at a fighting game but it's yeah projectiles are a massive part of what makes a 2D fighter in in a sense that they're tactical tools and all that stuff I've been really missing for the longest but then all of a sudden Everybody started playing 2D Fighters, most notably Street Fighter 4 again. Um, and throughout the years of its existence, uh, I've been always very thankful for that. It's, even though at one point I sort of grew apart from the game, and I didn't really like... When I went back to the, the 2D Street Fighter games, uh, I didn't really get on with the way Street Fighter felt in particular anymore for, for a while. Um, and I moved on to uh, my, my, my maybe my actual favorite fighting game of that era is King of Fighters 13. Uh, and uh, it was such a big game for me that I actually formed a little community of uh, fellow players around it because also online that game didn't really function very well. But if it wasn't for a Street Fighter 4, that I would have never been able to do that. So I would have never been able to find enough people to start playing King of Fighters with uh, right. for, for longer periods of time. Um and yeah, by the end of Street Fighter Arcade Edition 2012, I've sort of had my film Street Fighter 4, and I never bit uh, uh for Ultra because mm. I also felt it was kind of a, a Frankenstein's thing, you know? Mm. They just grab characters and, and uh, stages from Street Fighter Cross Tekken and sort of jumble it together. In my mind, there was a bit of uh, asset repurposing on that in that on that score. Yeah. yeah. Like like there's a there's a Dinosaurs. dinosaur stage all of a sudden. <laughs> Mind you, all of a sudden old, in Street Fighter. Old Street Fighter had a lot of wacky, crazy nonsense in the backgrounds as well. Yeah, this is true. And like I like I said, I mean, even when I wasn't really getting on with the game that well, I still went uh, to sort of yeah other community sessions with uh, you know there was a whole group of testers uh, like French language testers uh, from uh, at NOE. Uh, that had a, a Street Fighter 4 community. And sometimes I got annoyed that all they would play was Street Fighter 4. They didn't know much about the other games. Uh, yeah, I mean, that also goes to show its quality that, you know, it was that game that everybody was playing. And yeah, even but even in those times, I always respected it for being a, having a super balanced uh, cast. Uh, so that, you know, in, in tournaments, you would always see different outcomes and different characters. Even my, my favorite fighter, King of Fighters 13, was... You know, you saw people only using the DLC characters at one point, mm. <laughs> and yeah, just that it it was it st- was still the unique game that sort of rewarded more defensive and a more more of a thinking man's slow paced <laughs> fighting fighting style. So, I think even when you don't love Street Fighter Four, in my opinion, as a, as a fighting game fan, um, you have to at least respect it and. I mean, if if you if you haven't uh, played it by now and are are curious, why not uh, spend that little money that it costs now and uh, and have a go at it? Have a go, why not? Let's conclude with our guest Johannes Street Fighter Four. What did it mean to I you? I guess it's all right. <laughs> no, it's, you played it once or twice. Um, no, so I've mentioned initially, right? This is this is the game that I played the most uh, in in my life. Yeah. So obviously, I love it, and I've, I've spent. 
too many thousands of hours uh, playing this game, but um, I've had fun all throughout it, uh, especially, you know, local uh, local sessions, uh, tournaments, but online as well. Uh, it was fantastic. Um, so I, I, of course, it's not the perfect uh, game or the perfect fighting game, but I think it's one of the best. And it's uh, even a great uh, point to start. Uh, obviously, it's mm. better than five. And everybody knows that. Um, but even even if it's not, it's certainly it's certainly a better <laughs> deal uh, than five uh, nowadays. You can pick it up on the cheap. It contains almost everything if you buy it on PS4. Um, but it's probably only really fun if you have somebody to play it with, or if you enjoy uh, grinding out uh, fighting games. And if you enjoy learning combos mm. and stuff like that. Then this is an an endless uh, pool of of you know fun, but uh, you know just jumping in and playing online, you're probably not gonna end up having that much fun, right? Um, that being said, yeah, uh, play Street Fighter Four. It's a good game, and uh, let me uh, let me finish that with a, a quote from uh, from a friend of mine who said, "Fighting game mm. is something so great." That's uh, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Tokui, Tokido, of course, uh, evil winner uh, and all-time great uh, fighting game player. And commentator. Can't yes, argue with that. just had to give a shout-out. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank nice. you. Uh, so it remains for me, Leon, to thank James, Mikhail, and Johannes, as well as our correspondents, editor Jay, and to all of you for listening if you've enjoyed this podcast please do subscribe on apple or wherever else you get your podcast you can also listen on spotify now you can rate us and review us in many places including apple that's great patreon.com slash cane rinse though you can support us for a dollar a month that's a us dollar it's less than a quid you can get every one of these earlier often extended and an exclusive monthly podcast and format special podcast three months early. It's worth it, and it would really help us out. Patreon.com slash Rinse. We thank you. Now, next time, in issue 356, in the distant future, in a land abandoned by man, machines wage a continuous war, unaware of the futility of their actions in near Automata. Automata.